So now that Christmas is over, do you ever find you suffer from the January blues? If so, stay tuned today because we're going to be talking about what the January blues are, how it's different from depression and how it can affect your relationships and also what you can do about it. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationship or create a great and fulfilling relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. To get more information on this podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com and press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the January blues, because that's something that seems to be talked about all over the media at the moment. Yeah, and it's really noticeable. I don't know about you, but I, mean, I really notice it in, in my uh, counselling and psychotherapy practice that I'm getting a lot of inquiries in January. And, um, and I can hear this from colleagues across the board that um, they're getting lots of inquiries from clients who are really struggling at this time of year. So it's often the time of year when, when people feel quite low generally. And some people will talk about depression others will just say well I'm feeling a bit bluesy there and we, we, I think it's it's quite helpful to kind of unpack that a little bit yeah absolutely in fact I was just reading a statistic that said that the Samaritans get way more calls and Samaritans is a charity in the UK that help people who are kind of feeling depressed or even at risk of taking their own life. Mm. Uh, and they get a huge number more calls this time of year. Mm. There's meant to be something like 20% of the population in the UK at this mm. time of year mm. uh, who may have or may experience some sort of what they call depression, yeah. as opposed to other times of year when it's more around 4 or 5%. Mm. Well, and it might be quite helpful to just to first of all unpack what the term uh, depression actually means, because it's one of those terms that gets used a lot. People often say, oh, I'm depressed when really they're not clinically depressed as such. They're feeling low or they're, you know, they're that just generally haven't got as much motivation, etc. So in terms of the, the definition, and we've talked about depression uh, already in one of our earlier podcasts, you might want to go back and, and, and listen to that as well. Uh, the different approaches to working to depression, that's what we talked about. So uh, depression, clinical depression, well, usually we talk about depression when there are a series of uh, presentations that are that are sort of ongoing for a longer period of time. Usually we talk about long and enduring depression if they these presentations have lasted for more than one year. And what you might want to do if you want to sort of check whether you would fall into the category of of being depressed, clinically depressed, is you could go to um, to do the PHQ-9, which is a test here in the UK, and I'll put a link in the show notes that you can that you can have a look at. It's just a series of questions that indi indicate um, that you might actually feel depressed. For example, having very low uh, mood, feeling um, struggling to get out of bed, feeling tired a lot of the time, so they're, they're losing your appetite. So there are a number of indicators that show that you are depressed. Now, depression in and of itself is actually quite difficult uh, to diagnose. Um, and there are lots of different ways of thinking about depression. Um, for me, from my perspective, depression is usually more of a symptom. It's usually a response to very adverse experiences that people have had in their lives. So it doesn't just come out of the blue. And I certainly don't ascribe to the idea of uh, depression being a, a chemical 
imbalance in the brain. But we can have a long discussion about that. I don't know what you think about that. Well, I, I think I agree to a large extent. I, I think there are some situations where it's more kind of difficult to define specifically, like with something like if it's uh, bipolar disorder, where sometimes that might kind of get linked yeah. together. Um, but actually, I've just got up the uh, DSM criteria for depression, which mm. I thought maybe I'd just read out. And mm. Angela mentions the, the, the sort of sort of test the PHQ uh, PHQ 9 test that's used um, in the UK which, which can be useful but I also think just be careful with that because Absolutely. depending when you answer it you may fluctuate in your mood quite a lot during the day yeah. so just because you answer something at a certain point when you do it mm. it doesn't necessarily mean you are depressed and so the DSM 5 criteria it says that um, an individual must be experiencing five or more of these symptoms for a two week period and at least one should be either depressed mood or loss of interest or pleasure. Mm. So one of them, first of all, it's depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day, mm. but it doesn't actually define what that what means. That so again, mean? what does exactly. that mean? Yeah. So exactly. again, it's easy to interpret it in different ways. Yeah. Then markedly diminished interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities in a day, nearly every day. Mm. And I think that that is often a key marker mm. of depression, just mm. this loss of interest in yeah. things that normally interest you. A lack of motivation, generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah lack of motivation. Then um, so you mentioned about sort of eating that can change and mm. significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain or decrease or increase in appetite nearly every day mm -hmm. uh, there's also a slowing down of thought and a reduction of physical movement so yeah slowing down how you're thinking but also in terms of movement behavior which others might observe mm. not just subjective to yourself and that's mm. key yeah. is that it's not just you think you're moving slowly but other people tend to notice it as well yeah absolutely yeah then so, there's fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day, mm -hmm. feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt, mm -hmm. uh, and a diminished ability to think or concentrate nearly every day. Uh, and another common um, symptom that's listed here as well is recurrent thoughts of death or recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan mm -hmm. or a suicide attempt or specific plan. Yeah. So you might not tick all of these boxes, uh, as Tom just said, but um, but if you tick some of them, then that might be an indication that uh, you, you you could refer to yourself as struggling with depression. But it's it's it is quite nebulous, isn't it? It's not actually that always that clearly defined what what we mean by depression. But I think what the point that we're trying to make today is that we want to distinguish between depression and feeling low or feeling bluesy, for example, which is a very common experience at this time of year for lots of people. And I noticed that with myself. I mean, I absolutely really hate January. It's not my favorite month. I don't like the weather in the UK. Now I'm looking out of the window, it's raining, it's cold. It's windy. It's really unpleasant. I don't want to be out there. So I kind of shut down a little bit more in January. I would use my social contacts, for example, often in January. And that also then feeds into my lower mood. So I have this experience of not feeling quite as upbeat, maybe, as I might feel um, during other times of the year. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that I am depressed. Yeah, That just means that it's this time of year. 
But also there are other factors, aren't there? It's not it's yeah. not just the month, it's not just the weather, it's also after Christmas. Yeah, although I would be interested, if you're listening in Australia, where I think we actually yeah. have quite a few listeners, we do. Uh, I'd be interested if you get January blues there. So please yeah. do send us an email, because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I wonder what the experience is like when it's warmer. Do you have the January blues because of Christmas? Yeah. Do you have seasonal affective disorder, which is a very common presentation also, again, in the UK. Um, lots and lots of people start to go down in terms of their mood get affected um, in in the autumn time for example when there's a, a winter change when there's less sun so it's also linked to sunlight yeah so really good question is there less depression in in sunny warm places i have no idea it'd be interesting to sort of look at some statistics there yeah and um, but like you said as well you know it, it just after christmas well i think there's such a build-up for christmas and often mm. people paint this as such a kind of magical time which we talked mm. about in another podcast that mm. often that is challenging to live up to mm. um, so we have christmas and we have new year where you know people make resolutions and mm. there's all these expectations and suddenly it's like you have to go back to work in january mm-hmm. and it's like the holiday's over there's that realization you know suddenly it's it, it's really different you have to face reality again mm. and well and also sort of coming back to christmas and sort of the whole expectations around christmas and spend we've talked about it in our previous podcast that uh, the one before about you know the challenges around christmas one of them of course is often also that you spend more time with your family either your own family of origin or your partner's family of origin and that can throw up lots of difficulties uh, because to some extent we all regress when we are in the presence of our parents so we turn into you know a little boy little girl sometimes rebellious uh, we get we can get frustrated particularly if we're sort of spending more time together so a lot of um, people experience challenges in their relationships in their family relationships over Christmas so with, as I say, parents, siblings, uh, very often that, you know, arguments arise, etc. And of course, also in their relationship with their partner because of all the all the, the, the pressure that's on uh, around Christmas, uh, the pressure to have a fabulous time, the pressure to do all the cooking, all of that. And also the pressure to to be spending time together and to have a good time together. Sometimes you don't have a good time together, do you? Yeah, no, I mean, I've read a while ago that um, I believe quite a lot of people break up around the Christmas yeah. period. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of it is these pressures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, some people I've worked with have said that um, because of, or some people I've spoken to uh, have said that during the pandemic, um, because they had all these expectations for huge family members, which was going to be stressful, mm. suddenly actually having to just isolate with the family, they've actually had time that's, that's they've been they have to have more intimate time with the family. Mm. Um, so people experience things very differently. For some people, having lots of family around is is great. It's wonderful. For other people, it's that added stress and added pressure. Mm. And then afterwards, like you know, that can have that toll on your relationship. You feel stressed. You feel wound up. Mm. You get into arguments more easily, mm. and you're left with these arguments that came up because of these pressures, mm. but leaves this bad feeling in January. When suddenly, you know, it's cold, you've got to go back to work, you've had these arguments and disagreements. And it feels like rather than a new year being new hope, mm. it's like the new year is like, oh, another year and things have got worse. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, there's all this build up to Christmas as um, this magical time, this special time, relaxing time as well. 
uh, well, and now it's happened, right? It's behind us and there's a whole year ahead of us. That can, for lots of people, also be quite overwhelming, particularly when they when they do the reflective piece of work that some people do when they look back to 2021 and they think, well, that wasn't a great year or I still haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve. For lots of people, it might be that um, they are, if they're single, they feel like frustrated that they still haven't found a partner who they hope to find in the previous year. Um, for couples and relationships, they're frustrated that they're still uh, struggling with some of the issues that keep that keeps coming that keep coming back again and again in the relationship. So there's a lot of um, there is this sort of funny period, isn't there, of well, where am I here? Where do I position myself? So the the, the one year is, is behind me. It wasn't all that great. I think lots of people found last year in particular quite difficult because of the pandemic, of course, and the year before. Uh, and we're back again, um, uh, you know, with with restrictions, etc. So there, there are all of these, there are all of these factors that contribute to that as well. This sort of in between phase. Yeah, absolutely. And and setting that emphasis on setting New Year's resolutions, which mm. we talked a bit about last time. Mm. Um, but the fact that you know a week or two later, suddenly you realise you already haven't stuck to them, mm. and then that can be quite demoralising. It can mm. make you feel. A little bit low in terms of something you'd set so much hope into, mm-hmm. you haven't continued with. Yeah, uh, and you know, like last episode when we talked about the importance of regularly kind of working towards goals rather than having one time of the year you try and do everything, which mm-hmm. is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It's much better to set sort of smaller kind of goals regularly throughout the year that you can work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also um, it might be worth kind of considering what happens in uh, relationships or bringing it back to the relationship when uh, there is uh, low mood or depression indeed, if it's like if it's been going on for a longer period of time. You know, when pa- one partner is uh, depressed or when both partners are depressed. So that this, is, this brings all sorts of challenges. Sort of looking at the example of one partner really struggling with depression. And, and depression is very prevalent. Um, I can't remember the actual statistic, but it's the number one mental health uh, presentation in the world. And the figure is very high. So most people or lots of people would have at some point in their life uh, struggled with depression. So just to be clear about that. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who's depressed, that's hard that can be incredibly challenging um, to see someone who's constantly uh, unmotivated for example uh, struggles with experiencing joy in their life um, feels hopeless a lot of the time that sometimes uh, of course spills over and can be quite contagious so to speak for the other partner as well so it's really really challenging just to acknowledge that when you're in a relationship with with a partner who's depressed, particularly depressed over a long period of time. It's very hard. Now, and with both partners being depressed, well, just imagine that. You you are depressed. You find it quite difficult to cope with life at the moment and all the challenges that life can bring sometimes. And your partner is depressed as well. So when both partners are in this situation, and that's what often happens at this period of time, yeah, in January, when both at their lowest, so to speak, uh, you know, for all the reasons that we've just talked about, that's um, that's really challenging when there isn't much energy in the system, yeah, when there's very low uh, motivation in the system. And um, 
And that sort of requires extra effort, doesn't it? It requires even more effort to think about what is it that we can do to even like small steps that we can take here in order to bring some energy into the system again and to to have a focus or focus on something that's actually uh, good for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think part of that is exploring the roots and exploring what's causing this, what's led to this. Yeah. Is it to do with the dynamics of the relationship? Yeah. Um, is it more to do with individual issues? And kind of exploring those which, you know, probably seeing a therapist or counsellor is going to be really helpful for that. Mm. Um, and, and I think as we a lot of folks today, we were talking about the January blues, which again, it's not necessarily that level of depression. Mm. Um, but if left unchecked, sometimes that could over time turn into uh, yeah. depression so it's about thinking now you know what mm. can you do differently and mm. and and again the the january blues it's that sort of there is that lack of motivation i think there is that kind of thinking oh another year do i have to go back to work and low energy which again if you're living in a cold country it's natural to have less energy when it's cold because mm. you know that's why animals hibernate isn't yeah, it it's absolutely. sort of you know it's to do with the weather conditions mm. um and you know <laughs> i think sometimes some of, some of the uk sort of stereotypical disposition people would see as being more that sort of january blues anyway you know you it was sort of like how are you and the response being mustn't grumble or yes. yeah. you know it could be worse yes. or <laughs> not too bad so. <laughs> that's right yes absolutely yeah yeah so yeah there's um i think one of the difficulties also with january is that um there might not be uh so the things that you might look forward to like for example for lots of people that's going on holidays that's the sort of thing that they look forward to isn't it um or, and they're kind of very much looking ahead already um to when is the next trip away so to speak if you can afford that of course and some people can't but um so if that's if that's the focus then well it might be it might take a long time uh in january to sort of think oh well and somehow i'm gonna i'm gonna do this amazing trip or i'm gonna i'm gonna have the next long break that feels quite overwhelming doesn't it this sense of oh this is such a long stretch of time until something good happens again in my life so it's really helpful to and it, again it's back to what we talked about in the previous podcast to sort of have some small steps along the way and to and to build something into your daily in your, into your daily or weekly routine maybe that that offers you some joy and some excitement and something different as well a little bit of a break from the routine yeah and create some activities with your partner if you're in a relationship mm. so really sit down and think what can we do together mm. can we you know whether it's going for a walk whether it's going to a class finding some things that you can do together mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so making most of that time because again at Christmas, another reason for the January blues is often over Christmas people have more social contact, mm-hmm. and and generally we know from research that mm-hmm. social contact is important for most people's sense of happiness and mental health. Mm-hmm. So when that contact's reduced, again it's natural that when you know family have gone away or friends aren't around anymore, mm-hmm. then we do have some of those January blues. So think about. What activities can I do? You know, who can I spend time with if if you're single? Yeah. Um, you know, actually start to look around those dating websites. And even if you've not had many responses, just know, you know, keeping going with that. Mm. Um, thinking about cha- changing your profile picture or changing what you've written if it's not working. Mm. So rather than kind of giving up and which is easy to do, particularly in January, mm. it's just 
trying some different things, mm. doing something different. Yeah, and also talking about social contacts, um, I'm really aware that we are talking to a, a global audience here. We know we've got listeners all over the world. Um, and we also know that there are some countries at the moment where there are lockdowns again because of the pandemic. So uh, it might not be possible for all of you uh, to actually go out and have physical contact with other people, actually meeting people. Um, but, uh, and I know that we're all really sick and tired of sitting in front of the computer possibly and having Zoom meetings or contact in that way, but still that's better than nothing, right, isn't it? It's still important to, uh, you know, to pick up the phone or sit in front of the computer if that's what you do um, and have a conversation with someone else. Not to put the shutters down, isolating, isolating yourself is one of the worst things you can do when you're feeling quite low. Yeah, absolutely. And and moving on from that, which I think is related, is uh, we know from many sort of cognitive, well, but CBT, cognitive, I can't say it today, cognitive behavioural therapy, uh, more specifically behavioural therapies, is actually getting out and doing something is one of the most important things you can do to change your mood. And particularly over Christmas and New Year, where we tend to eat too much, we tend to kind of sit around a lot, you haven't been moving. And again, when your body doesn't move, when you eat too much stuff, even when it's, and particularly the wrong type of things, things that maybe aren't great for your body, you know, putting too many calories in there, it makes us feel even more sluggish in our body. Yeah. And when your body feels sluggish, when your digestion maybe isn't working so well because you've had too much, it you also feel a little bit low because mm. it's the physiological impact of of the low energy, the, the eating too much. Mm. So starting to actually get moving, mm. going walking, mm. doing some exercise or some activity. And again, I prefer to call it activity rather than exercise because you know not everybody likes the word exercise. Mm. But we can all enjoy doing something, mm. whether it you know whether it is walking in a park or whether it's kind of going to a dance class or uh, playing some games or sports, whatever it might be. Getting active is one of the best ways to help you start to get out of that sort of sluggish and slightly kind of lower mood that comes with the January blues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, your physiology, absolutely also, we know that your physiology, your physical uh, experiences impact your mind, your feelings, your thoughts. Um, so absolutely, that's really important. Um, so, so it is about sort of also reminding yourself, of course, that, you know, this is particularly if it's, if it's not a long term, a long enduring depression, which of course is a whole different, uh, ball game, so to speak, then, um, rem remembering that this is just temporal, this experience of feeling a bit low, um, having less energy, etc., is a temporal experience and you're going to, of course, it's going to end, uh, you know, sun will come out again or you will come out of the slump again, most of you. If you don't, again, it's back to what Tom said, if it continues and if you continue to to uh, display some of the characteristics that we discussed at the beginning of this podcast, then it might really be a good idea to consider um, doing some therapy and engaging with it and getting to the... To the um, bottom of the these low feelings so when it's not just situational because a lot of the time what we're talking about with January blues is situational isn't it it's just a response to to this particular period of time um, but if it's not if you can't identify a, a, a particular situation as such when it feels very all 
pervasive and and keeps on going, then you might uh, you might really be doing well to look at the more under the underlying causes of these particular low feelings. Yeah. So so what's um like if if you ever get the January blues, what might you do yourself to pull you out of it? Well, I think I'm sort of the first thing is that I'm a little bit more gentle with myself. I kind of I can tell myself this is not going to last forever, and it's okay. I can feel a bit mopey sometimes, you know. I um, I can kind of tolerate the fact that I might want to be a bit more homely. I sit under my, you know, uh, home knitted duvet and enjoy the, you know, the fact that I'm sitting in a warm room, for example. So I focus on that. Um, but I also try to make more of an effort to sort of reach out, to make sure that uh, I don't put all the shutters down, that I connect with friends, for example. That's really important to me. That's something that gives me energy, for example. What about you? Well, I, I probably give myself uh, I'm a bit of a taskmaster on myself. So right. if I'm feeling low energy and maybe kind of a bit sort of January blues, mm. I'll probably jump on the treadmill. Ah, yes, and get running that would be... and maybe put on a film at the same time or a show that I like watching yeah. so because uh, I don't really like running but it makes me feel good mm. but it's a time that I put on a show on my iPad and watch that at the same time mm. and when I do that I, I feel so much better at the end of it so mm. getting into some activity mm. uh, making time to do something that I enjoy doing whether it's um, reading something I like or watching a show that I like or meeting up with people that I like, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what also works for me is putting on music, full blast, and dancing around the kitchen table. That really gives me joy. That makes me instantly feel better, so that's something that I can do to cheer myself up. Yeah. And sing along loudly, so, you know, it's not so pleasant for anyone around, but <laughs> it certainly makes me laugh about myself, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is just feeling free when when you're on your own, just just doing some things that are a little bit kind of outlandish can be fun. Mm -hmm. You're just having fun, knowing nobody's watching you. Can you can do these things that you normally couldn't do? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm sure there's all sorts of things that you've worked out that uh, that kind of give you joy, and even if it's just a sort of like the little moment in the day, it makes a difference. Yeah, it reminds me of an earlier episode when we talked about uh, condoing as a oh, term. Yes. It's sort of like, you know, it was based on that the person on television, yeah. I can't remember what her name Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Sparking I mean, yeah. joy. Does it spark joy yes. in your life? Yes. So think about those things that spark joy in your life. And even the things around you, like photos or kind of things in your environment that spark joy. Mm -hmm. And just kind of bring those out. Yeah, it's just being more intentional. I suppose that's it. It's not sort of assuming that uh, it's just waiting around the corner for you but being more focused so to speak on on doing something that sparks joy for you I suppose that's what we're talking about here is that you might have to work a little bit harder at it so mm. to speak um, and set yourself the intention I'm going to do something now that I know that usually is good for me that I enjoy yeah and it's just like Years and years ago, when cars weren't as well designed as they are now, I remember like as a kid and I was being driven to school in the winter and it takes a little while to get a car started in the cold weather. I remember that uh, my, my dad would have to go out and pull out something on the car. I don't know what it was, but mm -hmm. something that helped the car get warmed up before mm -hmm. it starts. It's the same thing. You know, it might take a little bit of time to get warmed up. But just remember, you know, take that time and you can get through those January blues. Yeah, that's a good image, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, please tune in again next week 
Thank you for tuning in today and press subscribe and please share this podcast with anybody you think might enjoy listening to it. Yeah, and we look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Take good care. Bye. Bye.